0: Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome again to another Tuesday, Marriage, Faith, and Family. Glad to have all of you with us tonight from around the world, or wherever you're from, around the world, around, around the nation, around the country, around the region. Pray that everyone is doing well, staying safe, being vigilant, and exalted Alpha and Omega over Om- Omicron. Mm-hmm. And if anyone who may be going through any type of- um, Healing. Healing. We agree with you for your complete total healing in Jesus' name. And so glad to have all you with us tonight. We're gonna talk tonight about communication.
1: Oh, your favorite subject. My favorite
0: subject. I actually, I'm looking forward, because um, I'm doing some research and preparing for this, and I learned some things. Mm. I learned some things that's gonna make you better. Okay, okay. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, I I received that. Hey, y'all, listen. Um, ping someone, let someone know that marriage, faith, and family is going on right now with the kingdom business network. Um, yeah, invite one or two people you might know can use this information on communication, but, um, just don't come on in and just, uh, soak it all up for yourself, but share what's happening here on this platform, marriage, faith, and family. I believe tonight is going to be a good night because communication is a challenging thing for couples you can be a great businessman a great teacher lawyer doctor or whatever you may be doing you can even be a great speaker
0: great a great preacher
1: a great preacher and suck in the area of communication
0: ain't that something mm-hmm. yeah, well communicating from the pulpit or across from a mic is different than one on one communication with your spouse without an audience.
1: Mm. Oh without an audience. Without yeah. an audience.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. the two of you. Mm-hmm. Just the two of us. Yeah. So this uh, is gonna be good. All right. Let's pray tonight. Father, we just thank you for this day. We declare this is the day you've made. We rejoice. We're glad in it. Thank you for this opportunity to be with our friends, our family, our kingdom cousins from around the world. Even tonight, Father. I ask that you would lead God, the Holy Spirit, be our revelatory light tonight. Open up the eyes of understanding. Give us utterance. Give us articulation. Give us understanding. Let the wisdom of God be with us tonight as we address this issue to make our marriages better, to have more faith in you. And to expand our families to be representative of the God kind of families in the earth. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So when you focus on your marriage, you learn how to work on your goals together and um and, and reap the harvest of that. All right. So we said we're gonna talk about communication tonight. Um and so you know, researchers say, researchers say that um that verbal communication, speaking, talking uh, is about 7% of the total communication process. That uh, real real communication is 7% words, 38% tone of voice, 55% nonverbal, which is facial expression, gesture, posture. So even if you're saying the right words, you can say it in a, with the wrong tone. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's interesting. Even
0: if you're saying the right words, you can say it with the wrong tone. Mm. Hmm. And even if you um, saying it with the right tone and the right words, you can really be messing up with the wrong body language. Like curling your nose up, mm. curling your lips up.
1: Cutting fingers.
0: Putting fingers in people's face. Blank <laughs> Bishop Jake said Sunday. Bishop Jake said Sunday. He said, "Don't, don't, don't be doing that to me." You he said, "I, I get triggered. <laughs> I may, I may forget." Yeah. So all of that's part of communication. But in addition to that, something I recently discovered is that there are at least five major levels of communication. Um, five, five major levels of of communication. And and if if you have a note, if you have notes and pens, or maybe on your phone, you may not be able to take notes on your phone, maybe you can. But I want you all to make note of these five things here. And there's still all that I want to talk about, but this is just a foundation. Five levels of communication. And first level is cliche communication. Cliche communication is just typical things that you already know the response is going to be. How? How are you doing? Fine. Um, where are you going? Out. Okay, just cliche communication. How's things going? Fine. See you later. Level two is reporting is reporting facts. Every two is reporting facts. That's just are you gonna pick the kids up? Yes. I'll be home at five. Just the facts. Just the facts. And you're communicating. But in one level just communicating cliches. The second one you're just communicating facts. And then the uh third level, level three, now we get to ideas and judgments. That can be, you know, you say to your spouse, what do you think about such and such? Well, let me get your opinion on this. So now we're making some exchange and we're getting facts. I mean you're getting um ideas judgments and opinions but then the highest level which is where intimacy comes in is a level four and level five and level four in communication where we really start going deeper and level four is about feelings and emotions and it's here that really true growth begins to happen and develop in a marriage and with communication. Uh cuz now we start talking about feelings and emotions. And you can talk about a lot of facts, give opinions and never get to that level of feelings feelings and emotions. And then level 5, level 5 even goes beyond sharing emotions to a wide to wide open communication. And this is when we get mutual understanding and it's total honesty. You know it's interesting cuz level 5 really is where God started Adam and Eve off or where they started off. The Bible said they were naked and unashamed. And so they were there was complete total honesty, total transparency. And you know at that level 5 at, you know that's where you kind of you really unzip your heart. You unzip your hearts, and you you put it out on the table, as as expression goes. You really put yourself out there, okay? Because sometimes we're led to believe that we shouldn't, and but sometimes men men is many times the ones who have problems uh, with this level, because sometimes because many times it's men who feel that they uh, that they shouldn't show show emotions. So the question is, the question is. How much time, the pre- The question is, how much time are we spending, how much time are you really spending on those high levels of communication? We're about feelings and about emotions. And uh, where you're really, where you're opening up your heart for wide open communication, mutual understanding and total honesty because that's, it's at that level that we really start getting, getting real, real, real intimacy. So that that's something to think about. That's really something to think about. Um, what level of communication are you just dealing with the low level communication? And, you know, those of us who, when you're married, particularly raising children, you can really just get into the routine, just the raising, just the facts, I'll be home here, I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm out, uh, we got to do this, this bill is due. And you deal with facts, you deal with business, you deal with day-to-day, but you never really get to deeper levels of even get the level of just asking each other's opinion about things. And then that ultimate level, getting back to how marriage is supposed to be, that total, complete, unzipped heart, everything out on the table and sharing everything. So, how do you think we do, honey?
1: I don't know. I don't think we got
0: some work to do. Yeah, I think, you know, the, 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 the first... The
1: unzip heart thing, I don't think we actually quite... Like, yeah, operate. I really
0: need you to unzip your heart to me. You
1: know, I don't think we're in that space a whole lot.
0: You know, um,
1: it, it, you know because of whatever. So, um, it's, that's it's some good stuff.
0: Yeah, so... Um, you know, and then some people again think that they're communicating because we they they deal at that lower level of one two and three you deal with the facts the cliches deal with the reporting the facts um deal with the it may even get an you know which which one did you think looks good this one or that one I like that one so you're getting ideas you're getting judgments getting somebody's thoughts and can I say eve some, there's some couples that don't even get to that. They just deal with, they just say what they have to say to deal with the facts, to keep things scheduled, to keep bills paid, but they, but they don't even get to the point of even caring what the other person thinks. So they don't ask their opinion about things. I just do what I'm going to do. I go where I want to go. And, you know, of course at that level, when you just operate like that, that also can become very disrespectful. When your husband, your wife, and you don't care what the other person thinks, people start operating. Well, I I don't care what he thinks. I don't care what she thinks. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And so that all of that, of course, builds up, builds up walls. Adrian, Jamal, those five levels of communication. What's your thoughts?
2: Um, It's a, it's it's. It's deep. It's it's, it's deep. Um, and I think we often don't realize that um, we think because we're talking that we're communicating. Mm. I think you know, just because we're just because we're having a conversation. Like yeah, yeah, we talk all the time. Well, uh, with that level of vulnerability, and um, like you said, putting yourself out there in that in those fourth and fifth levels, um, I think couples have to recognize that's a place that they need to be and have to work at.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: So I did want to say because this company that, that we you know recently worked on is um is recognizing that you um, when when a person not being vulnerable with you, ask yourself, are you safe enough? Yeah, you I, go. I realized that that when my, when my my wife wasn't 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 in a place where she was being vulnerable enough with me, I felt like I wasn't I wasn't really getting an understanding of her. But I, then I had to realize I wasn't really being a safe place for her to share herself with me. to be vulnerable so that can often be a hurdle
0: definitely definitely sorry
3: sorry i was muted earlier um for me my perspective is also i think you know family dynamics come into play as well so you can come from a family or background where nothing was really dealt with whether um whether flight is part of the family culture as in we avoid confrontation like we know daddy's wrong or we know he only shows up around certain times, but we all gather ourselves together and act like daddy's the best dad in the world because we're trained to do so. Or we know, you know, we do the same thing with mommy. I don't, I don't I think sometimes, you know, just getting to know your spouse's background can maybe extend um, either patience or just more of an understanding on why vulnerability might be a real new place for that specific spouse. So I just wanted to throw that in the hat as well, uh, because you could come from a family of communicators where people talk. Uh, there's jokes sometimes about me and my siblings and our family. If you guys ever went out to eat with us, uh, Bishop would tell you we talk from anything from presidents of the United States to uh, law school and ministry and theology. And and I realize what we have as a family is is different and. And all families are different, but ours is different when it comes to communication. We talk about any and everything and we and we apply critical thought to it. And so my kids are very expressive, like Righteous Bailey would share how he feels, his perspective. And I think it's because he comes from a family communicators, and he sees his grandparents communicate all the time. So, I mean, I, I would say background. Well, here's a question. Dr. Bailey, is, does you think background has to do with it as well, too, or how you brought, were brought up when it comes to communication? definitely
1: definitely um you know you learn communication in the family you learn what's um acceptable and what's not acceptable you learn to express or to stuff you know and so you know and as a child you see um what confrontation brings about you learn that addressing uncomfortable issues can bring about a lot of drama, intensity. Therefore you learn, uh, I'm not gonna talk about my feelings because I'm not trying to get into a big deep thing. So co- communication unknowingly can take on a negative connotation to you based upon what you observe as a child.
0: So to so broaden this beyond just the couples communication, the way you communicate is also affecting your family and generations mm. so but you were talking about uh you know so if if a child or you rate you're raising a home where whenever something is addressed on a deeper level the tone goes up the body language goes south um people start cussing potentially could be be a fight whatever that may look like then you're probably less likely to communicate mm-hmm. and so you know, for example, in 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 my the home I grew up in, we would we could very easily what we should call it cracking on each other. I think you're calling some people call it joning on each other. What it really is, is is joking on each other and insulting each other. We could do that real easily. And we all did it and joked about it and laughed about it. But at you know, everybody could joke, everybody could talk about your nose or your lips or what you got on or whatever, but you couldn't make, make a compliment. You know, that looks very nice. And so you learn those things for better or for worse based upon how you see families communicate. So I think it's really important for all of us as couples and also as parents to recognize the way, however you're communicating, you are transferring that on for better or for worse to your children. And it's going to show up in the next generation uh, how you communicate and if or even if you communicate. You know, we um, I, I you remember I sat I sat down with a um, pastor, yes, a pastors couple one time, who um, you know, when when I they they came to talk to me about their ministry, about growing their ministry, but immediately I could see that there was a, before I said before we can talk about your ministry, let's talk about what's going on with y'all. I can just tell there's a couch in my office, and kind of one was sitting with the turn with the knees turned towards one side of the couch, one in, the other one sitting with the knees turned to the other side, I could say, and there was a big wedge between them, like they had three kids between them on the couch. And I could see immediately that there was some real issues with them. And then as I got to talk to them, they said, well, they don't really communicate. They said all day, he stays in one room, she stays in another room, he watches, you know? And if I remember correctly, one of them, one of them stayed in one room and just watched TV all day is watch Christian communicates, Christian television all day, but they didn't have any communication with, with each other. And so if that's the type of atmosphere that you set in your home, that's that's gonna be passed on. Okay. So so what are some keys to this deeper level of 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 communication, deeper level or even a higher level, those that number four and number five about being deeper and that number five about going beyond emotions to wide open mutual understanding, total honesty, transparency. That should be the goal for all of us. That should be that should be the the goal for all of us. Um, to get back to that Adam and Eve pre pre sin type of relationship where you're totally naked and on un, and unashamed. And of course, naked they were physically naked but that is also um that also represents total transparency nothing in between nothing to hide from each other okay uh just as when they put the figs on them or the fig leaves on them trying to cover up it represented them now even trying to hide from god hide from each other okay so what what's some keys to um to 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 getting to getting there Uh, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 15, and also verse 25, it says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects, or King James says, in all things, unto him who is the head, even Christ. Therefore laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So the key is, the first thing you, you're gonna have to practice being honest, but notice it says speaking the truth in love. So the goal is for to develop this type of transparency. First of all, is to speak the truth in love. The principle is to speak speak the truth in love. That's the goal, and you know it it may be it may be easy. Uh, it may be easy to tell the truth. And it may be easy to be loving, but it's often difficult to do both at the same time. Speaking the truth in love, because the, the, there are times when when some of us we're loving, and there's sometimes where we're honest, but we got to blend those together. Speaking the truth in love, and so, and so that's that's a that's something that. I encourage you to practice doing an is given. here. He said, if you're a woman, you want to go for a drive or bike ride with your husband. Don't say, uh, Hey, you know, it's a beautiful day. The sun's out. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's probably nice walking out there. He said that said, that's a, that's a nice hint versus saying, um, honey, you know, I would like to take a walk this afternoon. Would you like to walk with me between one and two? Mm-hmm. Just,
1: just put it on. Just put
0: there. it on out there, and um,
1: you know, I guess a person has to feel safe to put it on out there. You know, it's That's like good. even hearing that question, you, you reading that, I was like, what went through a person's mind to feel like they have to present something that way? So, I mean, you can, in theory, you can say this is what you need to do, but what? is the dynamic. What are the dynamics within that relationship, whether verbal or nonverbal, that makes one feel like they got to come around, around the corner to say what they need to say versus direct, you know? And so, um, which is an interesting thing because, you know, these are some great points, what have you, and they can work, but it's like, I don't know if it's a rug, you know throwing over some issues that need to be you know that need to be healed or need to be addressed because you know to be honest like what prevent what prevents a person from being honest you know and so you can be honest and that person might get a pay the price on some level for being honest she's she or he is doing what they need to do but unless there's something confronted or dealt with I don't know if that person is going to revert back to going around, hey, it's a nice day. You know, it would be kind of great if somebody you know, I, oh, I saw the neighbors outdoor walking. That whole passive, you know, that's you, some type you of... You feel
0: you got to kind of creep up to them.
1: Yeah, there's some type of underlying intimidation, um, insecurity that's possibly going on in our right. relationship.
0: Without, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it's, it's, it's the same thing could go for for um, the the men too, the brothers too. Say if if you're in the mood for love, said don't don't tell your wife she smells good and you look nice in that dress.
1: <laughs> right. And
0: you haven't made a a direct request. Instead, try something like, "Hey, you look good. You look real attractive tonight. I don't know what we got planned this evening, but I really would like us to have some time together tonight."
1: Right. It's a risk. Yeah. But once you find, if you put those put those out there, and there is a wall then I just encourage someone
0: to deal with the wall. How do you deal with the wall?
1: Say, hey, you know, I, you know, I, I said this and this is this, you know, talk about the response you got and talk about how the response made you feel and ask them, why did you respond that way? All you can do is ask. Someone might not even respond, but at least you put it out there.
0: Key number two, deal with your anger. Okay, you were talking earlier, what's what's some issues? A lot of couples, a lot of people are angry. And I heard someone say this years ago, men many times tend to be angry about things that we never talked about or or angry with our spouses for doing something or not doing something that we never said that we had a problem with or we never asked them to do. You You know, there's a scripture I often talk about it. In Jonah, when Jonah is angry about the gourd, the tree that comes up and then has gone down, God asked Jonah a question. He said, doeth thou well or be angry? And I encourage many of us to ask our own self that question. Maybe not the King James Version, doeth it, do it thou well or be angry. In other words, what that really means, do I really have a legitimate reason to be angry here? And if so, who who should I really be angry at? Sometimes we're projecting anger towards someone else that we we really angry with ourselves or angry with the situation and it comes out as being projected towards someone else so the Bible says Ephesians 4:26, be angry and sin not be angry but don't sin and don't let the Sun go down on your wrath that's Ephesians 4:26. so the principle there is is we're going to be angry sometimes but you got to learn to deal appropriately with your anger I often say this is that we are not only, God does not only hold us responsible for our actions, he also holds us responsible for our reactions. So someone could have legitimately made you angry, something that was definitely wrong, violating, egregious, but God still holds us responsible for how we respond to that. So be angry. Okay, he said, I'm saying you're angry, but sin not. So the principle is to deal with anger appropriately. Being angry, but don't sin. So if you're angry, uh, be sure that it's not out of a wounded pride or even just a bad temper. Mm-hmm. Some people just ain't because they just got bad tempers and they just got short fuses. You know, one of the food, one of, the food of the Spirit says long suffering. Sometimes people just got short fuses. Anything sets you off. And if that's your case, you need to recognize that about yourself as well and go to God about that.
1: Some people could be angry because they have unresolved issues in their lives
0: that has nothing to do nothing to do with the spouse, right? Exactly. So the goal is to never go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that sort of foothold. So, you see, because most of us have learned not to deal with anger. You mentioned this earlier, and so if you don't deal with anger, you're either going to stuff it, or you're going to leak it, mm. and it's going to ooze out. And then sabotage your other relationships. So if you don't talk about it, you're gonna stuff it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or you're gonna leak it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, somebody used to accuse me of leaking, leaking my anger out from a mic. Oh, yeah. Some, some you know, some people do that. that. They're angry and then they, accuse yeah, accuse that if you get a mic now your anger or something that's unresolved oozes oh, out, oh. and that comes from stuffing it. Yeah either you st- if you don't if you stuff it
1: oh you stuff it's going to come yeah, out it's
0: going to come out somewhere
1: cuz there's only only so much you can stuff without it just remember that little um toy that the little weasel you used to stuff it in there it's, you have to squeeze it all the way in there but it and, but when you keep um winding it up it
0: pops, pop goes the weasel.
1: Pop goes the weasel. But, I mean, but that's yeah. a that's a song. But it's actually an actual toy. Yeah, you know. And so you can only stuff for so much before you you know something somewhere, and it could be something so small that causes you just to pop off and go one hundred, or just leak out some stuff. And people are like, well, that's random.
0: Hmm. You know, ang- anger is really one of the most destructive emotions in the world. And yet uh, God has positive uses for it at times. So the command, the principle is be angry, but don't let the sun go down on it. Don't let it turn into bitterness and sin. So there's a scripture, I believe it's in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. It says, strengthen the feeble knees, lift up the hung down head and let it be healed. Lest a root of bitterness develop mm. is said, now many be defiled so you start mm. off angry now becomes bitter and that bitterness starts spoiling your relationship with everything and everybody yeah sometime who had nothing to do
1: right. Right. So suppose with person, what happened so a person's angry angry and they stuffing their whatever um, it, it's leaking out and so root of bitterness is developing. So the, the the resolution to this whole thing is like have this conversation or have a but suppose you're with someone, you're married to someone, you can't talk to the person. It's com communication is not a thing that goes down well. So um so you go to God and He can help you, but that's the const, that's the weight on that one person. And resolving this that can anger. be tough. It's it's very tough, and I know plenty of couples dealing with this whole situation where they are going to God, they ask them you know, to ask them to help them with their anger and their frustration, when all that which can be resolved with a simple conversation,
0: with room for the conversation. And so, um, you know, what I've also done sometimes is is where people are in relationship where they really can't talk or they don't have the opportunity to really express themselves, pastor, write it, write it out, write a letter, put it in an email and then tell the person, I would like to talk more about this or I, I, I want you know, and then hopefully the other person, particularly if they got a lot of pride may read it by themselves. And hopefully if they don't function on any level, would take this and realize, man, this is pretty serious. That my wife, that my husband wants to write to me about this. This is something I need to take seriously and address.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of sad because I know of couples. I mean, have done just that, and um, that hasn't happened. And so, um, you know, so that that one of that best spouse, and I'm, of course, I'm talking about wives, are uh, left. You know, and it could be a husband feeling the same way, are uh, left without any closure. You know, it's left with dealing with that matter by themselves because that spouse, for whatever reason, cannot get past those soul barriers that they may have to look out from themselves to show a care or concern to sit down to deal with some stuff or to have this conversation that may be uncomfortable for them, you know, because they quote unquote love their spouse, but they can't do it. And so it's a, really, it's a really challenging thing for couples to have these conversations about stuff that one doesn't want to have a conversation about.
0: And that's where, that's where number three comes in, which is you, you got to be intentional. You got to do the work. That, that's what being intentional is about. Again, we often say older couples, we're always telling younger couples, and some of the young people start resenting the word. We say marriage is work. So it makes you feel better to call it being intentional. It means you have to put deliberate effort into it the bottom line is and for anybody who's single listen to us um if if uh if you don't want to you don't like talking you like to be left alone
1: don't get married don't get married don't get married that's real right there don't get married
0: i don't i don't feel like talking i want to be i want to be left alone and stay alone because your, your spouse, even when you don't feel like it, even when you're aggravated or they're aggravating, uh, is entitled to be able to talk about issues.
1: And even, I'm thinking, it even goes beyond that. Don't do anything that's challenging in life because...
0: Don't do anything that's challenging. Yeah,
1: because you're going to have to deal. I mean, communication and confrontation is just not left to the marriage relationship. Right. It's in every area of your life. And so if you're looking to <coughs> big business if you're looking to conquer to, to subdue to dominate that takes communication skills
0: yeah I know you know I know of Jezebels who've overtaken churches mm. and there's been church splits because pastors won't, won't um confront. won't confront and when I say confront and some sometimes if I got any pastors here among sometimes it's easier it can seem easier to to um deal with your, or confront issues from the pulpit, preaching to everybody, and thinking that people are gonna get it. But can I tell you, after 26 years of pastoral ministry, people will listen to what you're saying and never think it's about them. And just constantly be pointing to somebody else. There are things, and then there's things that everybody else, the whole congregation don't even need, need to be involved with. This is just one issue with this one person that needs to be dealt with. So. You're going to have to learn to to deal and and to confront and to deal with situations. So that third point here, key number three about communication, is to be intentional, is to do the work. And so with this comes, people say, well, I shouldn't have to tell you such and such. I shouldn't have to have told you. You should just know. And that may be true. But if they don't, they don't. You know, if you're in the if you in the eighth grade, you ought to know how to do, do basic addition, five plus five. But if you don't, I may need to tell you the answer. And so a lot of times we get stuck with, well, you should. By now you should. And sometimes people don't. So you still got to be intentional to do the work. Pisa 420 says, but rather let him, you know, let him that stoke steal no more, but rather, rather let him work. Let him labor with his hand, the thing which is good. So sometimes you got to do the labor. You, you got to be willing sometimes to do the, do the hard work, and whether that means like scheduling, conversa- scheduling things on a calendar, that's going to enrich your marriage and make it better. For instance, you know you may need to try to block off some time every day, for you and your spouse to talk once a week, catch up, talk, spend time together. Um, you know, it's you—you encourage to try to to go on a, a date night, if not once a week, then at least once a month, just where the two of you can spend time together. Uh, and then, you know, it—I believe it's also important if you can. A lot of these things are economic issues. If you can, to you know, a couple times a year, at least a, two or three times a year, get away with, with your spouse. Everybody may not be able to do it a whole week, may not have to go out the country, you know. Uh back in the day we went from Columbia to North Charleston. <laughs> I was joking with somebody about that because the people from South Carolina know there's a difference between North Charleston and Charleston. I didn't know at the time. I told him I was going to Charleston, I realized I went to North Charleston. There's a difference. But you know, you can you may be an hour drive away somewhere or just or make be a day trip. But doing those things to be intentional about connecting, to be intentional, about putting, giving each other time, about being intentional to just focus on each other is going to pay off. kingdom number four, slow down and watch your words. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no unwholesome words proceed out of your mouth. I think King James calls it corrupt communication. Well, communication. But only such words as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear, that it may minister grace to the hearing. So how many how many on how many unwholesome or corrupt words are we allowed? The scripture says let no corrupt communication so honey, the answer is none. Oh yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Answer is none. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So you're not allowed any corrupt words, any unwholesome words, even when you're angry. The, the answer is none. And that word um, corrupt or unwholesome, if it, it, you know, it's the picture of, of, small, of spoiled meat or rotten fruit. Don't let it come out of your mouth. That's the unwholesome communication. That shows unwholesome communication is un, ugly, is smelly, is good for nothing. So don't, you need to make a, a deliberate effort not to wound with your words. Mm. Come on, say that to yourself. I will not wound with my words. Words are not for the purpose of wounding. Wounding. Well, don't wound with your words. So, so sometimes you have to ask God to help you have the tongue of the learned, Speak at the right time in the right way. Allow God to use your words to help your spouse, to help your husband, help your wife and not make things bad, not, not make things worse. So when talking to your spouse, you want to use words that build up and that don't break that down and tear down. That means no labeling, no yelling, no screaming, no unwholesome words, no cussing, folks. <laughs> We're talking to Christians, right? I know you're angry, but Christians, should we shouldn't be cussing, period. Not to mention cussing our spouses out. Okay, I know, I know, you know, all the, is. you know, it's like... It's cool to be cussing now, you know. Uh, we watch the television shows, the movies, every, everything. Everybody cusses, you know. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna mention, but y'all, y'all gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a there's a show that comes on night. Everybody knows they, you know, used to be considered a family show, you know. But but the hoax is always cussing, everybody laughs about it. But that's that wasn't that's not how that show originally was, and that can just become part of your your everyday vernacular mm. and it shouldn't be among Christians
1: right you
0: know it, it really shouldn't be part of so no corrupt communi- communication should be proceeding out, out of my mouth. no none of you just like your mother mm. just like your daddy, your whole family, okay so Bible said be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, slow to anger because the right the wrath of man. Or Worketh not the righteousness of God That's an important principle to remember That's James 1.19 The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God So when, it, when you get angry If you don't be deliberate and control that And monitor that You're going to end up saying something You're going to regret You're going to end up saying something That's out the will of God So sometimes all the more when you're angry You got to be all the more deliberate and intentional About what you say Or what you don't say Okay so communication is the key. Key number five: keep your relationship clear of debris. That means forgiveness.
1: Oh, i to say
0: debris. Keep your relationship, get, get rid of the garbage. That Ephesians 4:32, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ, or God for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So good, good communication can't take place. Unless it's a pathway paved with forgiveness, again the bottom line of the worst things, the bottom line of why people generally end up in divorce, is unforgiveness. Right. It's not the. Well,
1: we've seen that. Right.
0: It's not the infidelity that led to the divorce. Right. It's the unforgiveness, unforgiveness about fidelity that led to the divorce. And so at the end of the and so you know again this is a principle I always say. You know, when people say, "Well, my spouse was unfaithful to me," and da da da, and I say, and I and I first thing I let them know because, because as a pastor, they think I'm just going to try to make them stand there. Listen, first of all, I don't make anybody stay with anybody. Uh, first thing I say, okay, you have a right. You have a right to terminate this marriage. You have the biblical right to divorce, in the case of someone being unfaithful. And then I would say, okay, now that being said, that being said, now that you know your right. And I validate it and confirm your biblical right. The next question is, when you're no longer feeling what you're feeling right now, if you forgave them or when you forgive them, would you still want a divorce? That's the the question. Mm -hmm. So so keep the relationship clear through forgiveness. Good communication can't take place without forgiveness. What's wrong with being the first to say I'm sorry? Somebody got to be the mature one. Okay. Somebody have to be the mature one. Christ took the initiative, Jesus took the initiative to reach out for you, forgive you. And Bob's saying that while we were yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He extended it to us. And in a marriage, somebody's gonna have to be the first person. And forgiveness is not based upon even whether a person apologizes. Definitely, right. Now, we That's should okay. apologize.
1: Yeah, that's the choice.
0: A person should apologize, say acknowledge that they're wrong, say them wrong. But forgiveness is for you. We talked right. about that a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. Is making the choice to drop the charges. Okay. I'll give this final one that I want to open up for questions and comments, or if we have any. And the sixth key listen with your heart, not just your head. Listen with your heart, not just your head. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth that it may minister grace to. The hearer, that last part, that it may minister grace mm. to the hearer. So you know, we 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 want to we want to reach people's hearts when we communicate. Listen with your heart, not just your head. So, you know, you have to ask. You have to ask. Sometimes, you know, what's the intent of this communication? You said you called me yesterday,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you said to me, "You called me. You said I'm just calling the vent." Right. Remember that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: okay? When you say, I'm just calling the vent, right away I know, listen. Right. This isn't about an opinion. Right. This ain't about counsel. It's right. not about what I would do. This is just to listen. And sometimes husbands, we just got to listen. Wives, we just need to listen. And especially a husband because many times men are solution oriented. Right. And so when a woman starts talking about the issue on her job, the issue with her committee, the issue with the choir, the issue with whatever. Men are thinking, let me mm-hmm. let me come up with the solution to tell you what to do so you can stop talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, first is that I've learned to to ask, do you want my advice or just my ear? That's a good question to ask. Mm-hmm. Do you want my advice or just the just the, mm-hmm. just my mm-hmm. ear? Uh, now if she just wants to vent. Let, let her be able to say that. Listen with your heart and and validate feelings. so these these are some keys that will really help us in becoming better communicators at that higher level of of, of intimacy. And that was honesty, dealing with the anger, being intentional to do the work. Uh, slowing down, being deliberate and intentional about our words, getting rid of the, the junk by forgiveness, and just and just learning to listen with your heart, and with your heart, not just your head. So we're all good now, right? Everybody's good. So panel, stage, how are we doing in these areas?
3: Well, I would say... I think I can be a better
0: ear sometimes.
3: You know, I'm in, that I'm, I'm in the prime of solutions. <laughs> I'm in the prime of life and giving two cents and advice. So sometimes when things come up, I'm so quick to be like, you should do this, or why'd you do that? But, you know, just resting in that side that, you know, sometimes your spouse just needs a companion and a confidant, not someone to give her or him a reminder of convictions and values and standards and strategy and all these different things. Sometimes you just need to listen. So, be a lending ear more than a
0: uh, lending counsel. So yeah, you know, I said to um, I said to a another minister. I don't know if I do still a minister or maybe they ex minister. I don't know. Um, but they would tell me. I they always say I told her just do this. I told her just do that, and she just did this. And uh, and and I said to somebody one time. I said um, to one of our people in our church. I said, "Can you just be her husband and let me be her pastor?" I said, "Can you just be her husband and let me be her pastor?" I said, because you're always trying to pastor her at home to tell her to, to tell her this and this and this, and sometimes she she just needs you to listen to her. And so, you know, that's something that I think. Most of us men can get better at, and just just ask the question, you know. Ask the question: Do you do you want my opinion about this, or do you just want me to listen? Is, is that a good question to ask? That's a very great,
3: huh? great, great question.
0: And then, so women, what's going to be your response when we say to you, "Do you want my opinion, or do you just want me to listen?" Adrian, what's going to be your response when Jamal asks you, Jamal asks you that?
4: Um it it depends on what it is I want to say. You know, like there's definitely times where um I do want him to just listen, you know, so I can say, "Hey, I just need to talk to you about something. You're not in trouble."
0: Yeah.
4: Um yeah, but that, that part. That part. That <laughs> part right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Like, "You're not in trouble, but I just want to talk to you about something. I just need you to hear me out." Um and then um, there are definitely times where I'm like, hey, tell me what you think about this, but let me explain it all first, you know? So just being very, making sure you're very, very clear about um, what kind of response you're looking for, you know? Because there are, because even me, like I tend to be a little bit more of a, okay, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to make this better kind of person? You know, that's just kind of, my nature is to is to figure out what the problem is and what we can do to fix it and jamal don't always want to hear that you know he don't always want to hear what my opinion is about something that he is talking to me about you know so um in the same vein like i can be definitely more intentional about saying from the get go what kind of response it is that i need in that moment mm-hmm. um But I wanted to also kind of piggyback on something you said a little while ago. I know I'm just jumping on. Um, But when you talked about um, communication and forgiveness, we, Jamal and I, and I heard him tell a little bit, but we've kind of been having some discussions in recent weeks that have been um, really, really good for us and much needed. And one of the ones that we had was basically me expressing forgiveness of him. And coming to a place where I realized that I was harboring unforgiveness, which was leading to some closing some closed doors or at least some closing of doors, you know, not necessarily you you know how you go and you slam a door versus when you put the baby in the bed and you gently slowly close the door so that it don't creak and make noise and wake them back up, you know what I mean? And so I gotten... I, I came to realize that I was pulling a door closed slowly and it was showing up in a variety of ways. And, but then I realized that that was coming from a place of unforgiveness of him for things that he didn't even realize were affecting me. That, Adrian, you know, Adrian,
1: that's, I I'm I'm just want to ask you, ask you this question and I want you to continue. Did you notice the door was being closed, or did Jamal notice the door being closed? We both did. You both did, okay.
4: We both did. Yeah, we both did. Who brought it Uh, up, sir? Say it again. Who brought it up? Who brought it up? Who brought it up first? Probably you, because just to be just to be one hundred, it started out with sex yeah you know, and I think someone right, yeah, it was the door a wall a fence, so I, it's someone right, you know, so you know what
1: you know when that sex door gets closed, a man will bring it up, hey. yeah,
4: yeah, he's like, hey, what's going on you know what's what's happening <laughs> knocking, knocking on. It on the door,
1: right. that door. Knocking trying to
4: bang door it down, and, and it ain't Jesus. <laughs> right. Definitely not not by yeah. Jesus. So, um, I think that's how I think maybe he may have brought it up first, you know, and me thinking, Oh, well, he just trying to get some more, or oh, he don't understand I'm tired today, or, you know, whatever. Um, whatever excuse I had in my mind, at the end of the day, like I now realize that maybe to an extent some of those things may have been true in the moment, but in the Deep down, underneath all of that, was some unhar- unforgiveness that I was holding on to for some things, um, and our our reactions to some things or how we dealt with some things in years past. And so, it, one of the things you always talk about, Bishop. ooh, it's not fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you always talk about and teach us is how forgiveness is not necessarily for the other person, but it's for yourself. Right. right. And I realized that. I have to mature enough to where, yes, I want him to receive what I'm saying, but even if he doesn't, I still have to get it off of me so that I can continue to function and we can continue to function and be well in our marriage, if that makes sense.
1: Mm, Very good, that's awesome.
4: Yeah. Cool. So I just kind of wanted to say that about, you know, again, what you were saying a second ago about forgiveness and, and communication. And, you know, again, even if your spouse doesn't receive it, or if you don't think they will, you have to, you know, go with the strength that you have that God gave you to be able to go ahead and go ahead and express it, because it will create resentment and ill will and you know you might not be saying things that are like digging or jabbing at them but it's going to show up in your actions and in your behavior and in other ways definitely definitely
0: definitely. like you said like we said what we said earlier it'll when when you stuff it it's gonna it's gonna leak out it's gonna ooze out
1: You know, we got to probably wrap it up. I want to just say this one thing, and I don't know if anyone has anything you'd like to
0: Open up for for hand raising before we go off if anyone wants to come up.
1: Because you mentioned this, um, Adrian, too. It's not cut and dry in the area of communication regarding, you know, regarding husbands and wives wanting the husband to listen or wanting them to, you know, have some um, given opinion. And sometimes as women you know as you communicating and so it's, and sometimes to have these rules of of communication of okay i just want you to do this or want, they may you may be able to articulate that but i think what god has designed marriage to be is um a challenge for each other to do, um, dwell with that person according to knowledge which may challenge you to take risk and challenge you to step out of yourself, to be in that moment, to discern what is necessary, you know, and to constantly to try to figure out is like, okay, this is the formula for this, and that's the formula for that. It'll be very rigid, and it's not really, it's not really sincere, you know. And so I think what we would like, you know, these are some. Some um guidelines, but when you begin to pursue communication on an intimate level, I think you had to open yourself up for God God help me if this is not your natural thing you know to listen, help me to know right. um you know because you know because sometimes i mean i I'm, I remember when we was my mom transitioned my mother died and it was a and you was you know it was a you know you was being very deliberate to try to be there. And there was times when I would talk, you would just listen and which was great. But there was times where I wanted more than you just listen, Mm. you know, a response, you know, um, uh, rephrasing, you know, um, empathy, you know, and so sometimes what happens when, when communication is not the most natural thing for a person, you get these things rules and you just do that, but you might need a little bit more, go a little bit deeper in that toolbox and pull something out for that moment.
0: Good, good. Questions, suggestions, questions, comments. Before we go off, wanna hear from a a few of the folks in our audience tonight. Well, great. Pray this has been um, edifying to you on some level. And uh, y'all, if there's a key word I would continue to give you is Intentionality. Mm -hmm. Marriage requires intentionality. Let's be intentional about our marriage, intentional about our faith, intentional about our families. That's what it takes. Nothing happens by accident and nothing just stays on autopilot because winds come Mm -hmm. and storms come. Jesus said that and the storms arose and the winds blew. So we gotta navigate this, navigate this ship, navigate this plane, drive this car, based upon the roads we're on and what the weather conditions are. And they change. They change as you go through life. They change as your children get older. They change as you're going through different seasons in your life. They they change as your needs change. They change as your body changes. So, you know, be deliberate and you know, people say things like, I've said, I'm going to remind you of this. People say things that we're, well, we grew apart. And I tell you, the only reason why you grow apart is because you're not growing together. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to be real, deliberate, intentional. What can we do to grow together? Whether that's praying together, reading a book together, discussing a topic together, trying to get on the same page. So, what, so where you go, you go together.